the wall if they want to see the DACA program extended beyond its six-month expiration date. At some point, they're going to have to. They cannot obstruct the wall. The president also saying that many Republicans like the DACA program. Fox's John Decker, Fox News. We report, you decide. and barbecue the best sweet tea in the land countries welcomes you so are you hungry are you hungry Hi, I'm Mark from Country's Barbecue, and you might be a Country's Barbecue fan if you've ever heard or used the word, did you know? We use it all the time. Did you know all of our sauces, sweet heat, and Alabama white sauces are homemade? Did you know 200 fresh-squeezed lemons are hand-squeezed every day to make our lemonade and, of course, our lemon meringue pie? Did you know we smoke Boston butts over real hickory wood for hours on an open pit? Did you know every one of our pies are made from the freshest ingredients? Did you know we win best tea, period? Did you know everything we do, we work extra hard to make it extra good for you? Now you know it. Come on in and enjoy it. Country's Barbecue. Hey guys, Baron Coleman here with my friends over at Mattress Firm talking about that semi-annual sale which is back right now at Mattress Firm. It's Mattress Firm's semi-annual sale. What that means is your favorite mattresses are on sale. Not only are the top brand names on sale, right now you'll get an additional 10% off. For example, get a Beautyrest Firm Queen mattress, now just $454.99 plus. Get an additional 10% off. There's something for everyone because there are 15 Queen mattresses at Mattress Firm right now under $699.99. Hampton and Rhodes Pillow Top Queen mattresses starting at just $299.99. And did you know two out of three people choose the Dream Bed Lux over the other leading memory foam mattresses? Costs $1,000 less, has cooling technology, and you can sleep at the perfect temperature when you get the new and exclusive Beautyrest Black Memory Foam with black ice. Nobody sells comfort for less. Nobody sells cool comfort for less. Only at Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm. Save money and sleep happy. Hey there, this is Kim Williams with Alabama Home Mortgage. Attention all active military and veterans. If you have honorably served in the armed forces, then you qualify for a VA home loan. Guardsmen and reservists included. This program offers 100% financing. You have earned this exclusive benefit. 100% financing means no money down for a home purchase. Your service is your down payment. But if you're looking to refinance, then you can cash out up to 100% of your home's value. Unlock the equity in your home by refinancing financing today. It's time to pay off that high interest credit card debt and make those home improvements or take a vacation. Alabama Home Mortgage appreciates your service to our nation. Call us today at 567-4223 or visit our website at alahomemortgage.com. That's ALA homemortgage.com so we can thank you personally. That's 567-4223. NMLS 3723374 equal housing lender. Rich Thomas Weather, brought to you by Wiley Sanders Truck Lines. There's been a recent increase in pay, plus a $1,000 sign-on bonus for regional and over-the-road drivers. Visit WileySanders.com. Rich Thomas Weather. 
Hi, everybody. If you have evening plans, it should be a great evening. Fairly comfortable, not quite as cool as last night. Partly cloudy skies. Overnight low temperature falls to about 67. Tomorrow, partial sunshine. A little bit more humidity creeping in. Can't rule out some random scattered afternoon and evening storms around. High temperature up to about 88. Low tomorrow night, 70. Then upper 80s on Saturday. Rain chances a little bit better. 40% chance in the afternoon and evening. Still, not every town gets wet. And on Sunday, only widely scattered afternoon storms high around 90. Still feels like summer. Download our weather app. It's free in the App Store. Just search Rich Thomas Weather. From the Blue Water Weather Center, this is Rich Thomas. Intellectually honest, philosophically consistent radio. News and views from 9 till noon. Only on News Talk 93.1 FM WACV. Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. You are listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Uh, this is not, I mean, Joey Clark here. Yes, first week. I haven't gotten sick on radio in five years. First week starting a show. Well, I get a cold and I'm going to power through. Uh, yes, and tonight I am excited for the show because I'm talking about a subject, well... I was very intensely into several years ago, and then it's sort of, um, well, I've fallen away from it. Not because I have lost my convictions in this new technology, not because I think there's any necessary flaw in it. I think Bitcoin, blockchain technology in general, will change the world, is already changing the world. I think Bitcoin is already starting to upset or make the people in charge of our money currently very nervous. Heads of big banks, heads of central banks, those who control governments around the world, whether in Beijing or Moscow or Washington, D.C., they're all very nervous about the potential of what Bitcoin can do. Now, don't let them scare you and fearmonger. As I said on the first day of this show, the point of this show will be to make moral sense of our technology and our ways of thinking. Make sense of our capabilities. So we will need to make moral sense of Bitcoin. Because I believe Bitcoin isn't just the latest fad. It is going to be something... That changes the world, much like the internet has changed the world in terms of sharing information, Bitcoin, and the underlying blockchain technology, a, distribu a distributed ledger, will change the world of money, the world of finance. It will make people, like, say, Jamie Diamond, obsolete. See, a good friend of mine, a guy who helped me refine my understanding of Bitcoin, Jeffrey Tucker, is out with an article today taking Jamie Dimon to task. 
Here's what the CEO of J.P. Morgan had to say yesterday, I believe. The currency isn't going to work. You can't have a business where people can invent a currency out of thin air and think that people who are buying it are really smart. If you were in Venezuela or Ecuador or North Korea or a bunch of parts like that, or if you were a drug dealer, a murderer, stuff like that, you're better off doing it in Bitcoin than U.S. dollars. So there may be a market for that, but it would be a a limited market. Diamond goes on. It is worse than tulip bulbs. Don't ask me to short it. It could be at 20 grand before this happens. But it will eventually blow up. Honestly, I am just shocked that anyone can't see it for what it is. So my friend Jeffrey Tucker decided to take Mr. Diamond to task. Jeffrey writes, you might notice something odd about all this screaming from Mr. Diamond. It has no substantive content. Not one refutable argument. Bitcoin is a currency, perhaps the most valuable currency in the world, thousands of times more valuable per unit than the dollar. Diamond's view that nothing valuable can be created by digits is ridiculously old-fashioned. There were countless attempts to create money before Bitcoin, and they all failed for specific technological reasons. And Bitcoin is not created out of thin air. It is created by processing power using real resources to confirm transactions on the first global decentralized ledger that keeps track of ownership rights, which is something humanity must do to progress. We must know who owns what. We must be able to transfer ownership in a seamless way, without gatekeepers, whether in governments or privileged businesses, getting in the way. That something like this could port value out of Venezuela or North Korea into another place is actually notable and emancipatory. Yes, Venezuela has gone mad with their terrible socialist economic policies and their political crackdowns on people's rights. North Korea, we know that story. But if there is now this new cryptocurrency that is really a currency on the one hand as well as a transmitting network, if you will, if you could transfer money back and forth to people who are struggling in Venezuela right now, That should be celebrated. The government in Venezuela is the problem. We've seen the same thing happen over the years in Argentina. Anywhere where the world cannot hook up to the world reserve currency, the U.S. dollar, anywhere where a government is fiddling around too much with a nation's money, you see people moving towards Bitcoin or something like it. My friend Jeffrey Tucker goes on to take Mr. Jamie Dimon to task. Quote, but if you want to talk about money created out of thin air, how about the trillions created by the Fed in 2009 that was used in part to bail out J.P. Morgan? 
In fact, the bailouts of Morgan began before most of the rest of the country knew there was a housing crisis in 08. But actually, this isn't particularly new. Morgan has been working tightly with government for more than a century. You know, it's pretty darn obvious. Jamie Dimon doesn't know and doesn't want to know anything about Bitcoin. Or maybe he does want to know a little bit about blockchain technology, patent it for himself, and use the government privilege once again, so many of his predecessors at Morgan have done, to corner and control people. But if he actually doesn't know and doesn't want to know anything about Bitcoin, that's no crime. But to speak about the subject as if you are an authority is pathetic, Mr. Diamond. You're a bright man. But not on this topic. So why did he do it? Why did Jamie Dimon say that? Well, he admits himself what happened. He spoke to his daughter, maybe over dinner, and she bragged about owning Bitcoin and how it is going up, 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 up. Yeah, it went down some today, the last day or two, I believe. But it's been going up, too. In the long run, it has been the best performing currency in the world. The most valuable in the world per unit. So, diamond rages. It, Bitcoin, went up. And she, my daughter, thinks she's a genius now. So, big, powerful, rich dad decided to put this stupid kid... In her place. He blew up. You know, guys like Diamond believe they own the system. Yeah, take it to them. They are the great intermediaries, the gatekeepers, the masters of the monetary universe. No one gets in or out of the system without their knowledge and permission and especially their guarantors' permission, the United States government. And it, really, before the United States, bankers have had a lot of power. It's been this way for thousands of years. Bitcoin changes all of that. Download a Bitcoin wallet, find a friend, and you are the owner of a currency that can buy anything in the world, from anywhere in the world. Any individual can raise capital without intermediaries, without third parties, without J.P. Morgans. Let's just say that Mr. Diamond has a slight conflict of interest here. He's right to fear and to be outraged at the potential of this new technology. And that is so often what happens. When new technologies are presented, people tend to react violently. It reminds me of, well, a novel by the name of Anthem by Ayn Rand. But this novel also inspired another artist. In the novel, it's a world where the very word, I, I, the individual, that concept doesn't even exist any longer. 
Everybody is a we. We are all a collective we. But this one individual breaks the mold, I believe discovers a light bulb underground, and is told there's a reason that has been thrown away. How dare you break with the herd, say the authorities. Well, this novel inspired another artist named Neil Peart. And so, yes, of course, I haven't forgotten about the record of the day. The record of the day is Fly By Night by Rush, but in particular, a song that shares the same as Ayn Rand's novella, Anthem. It has always been the case that those who create and aren't threatening anybody with violence, they're just showing people in the world a different way forward. They are demonized. They are damned. They are told that's not possible. Your reach far exceeds what you can actually grasp. You're building castles in the sky without any foundation here on earth and you can't see it because you're so idealistic and you want to change the world so much. Don't you understand that the world works because of powerful people like me? Don't you understand the world works because of powerful institutions like government and central banking? Bitcoin is the steam engine. Bitcoin is the car. Bitcoin is not, it's bigger than the car, the steam engine. It's bigger than a new form of transportation. And it might very well be bigger than the internet. More fundamentally, it is the underlying technology that Bitcoin relies on the blockchain. Now, I'm not going to pretend by any means that I am an expert on this stuff. Not by any means. But I have first-hand experience with Bitcoin. Coming up, we will have an expert guest to help us explain how Bitcoin works, how it gained its value initially, and how we should... Regard it morally. Because that is a goal of this show. Sometimes we do reach too far and we don't realize what we have done. And yes, don't get me wrong, Bitcoin will be used by people to sell drugs. Oh my God. Don't get me wrong, Bitcoin will be used for all sorts of illicit practices. To buy things. To hold people ransom. Yes, that has happened. You know, I remember a story a few years old now where a small Bitcoin company that was helping people buy Bitcoins 
exchanged dollars for bitcoins, was accused of money laundering. It was a few grand, 10, 20 grand. He was arrested, thrown in jail for money laundering. I don't know if it was connected to some illicit purpose, but the charges, well, they seemed to be a bit of a stretch. Then a few months later, a story comes out that I believe the bank HSBC helped or negligently allowed the drug cartels created by the government's war on drugs in the first place They allowed those cartels to money launder millions and millions and millions of dollars through their bank. The federal government finds this out. Do they lock up the heads of the big bank? No. The federal government says, give us a cut of the spoils, man. Give us a cut. Here's a big slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. Now give us a big chunk of the change. It's almost like the government's the biggest cartel in the area. The biggest, baddest gang on the block. So small timers who are trying to change the world with money that isn't controlled by political authorities get thrown in jail. But big bankers... Well, they get fined. They get bailed out. I find this whole thing remarkable, and Bitcoin is only one example. But when you start messing with people's money, I'm sure there are going to be some interesting things to come towards us. There will be folks who... Well, will kill to keep their position in their power. Don't kid yourself. And the news tonight is that Bitcoin has dropped. There are all sorts of people saying, and I've seen so many of these articles over the years. Oh, Bitcoin's demise is here. Oh, no, Bitcoin's going to the moon. Who the hell knows? I think Bitcoin is slowly but surely going to grow to gain more and more value as a medium of exchange, as actual money. That's my bet. And I venture as more and more people adopt Bitcoin and start to understand it, not in theory, not because people like myself or other great experts or technical folks in the field are explaining it to you, but because you start using it. And I think as you start to use Bitcoin or something like it, you'll start to understand that all these institutions we were once relying on, we don't really need anymore. The future of money will, I think, be bigger than just Bitcoin. Just as the Internet, the basic protocols of the Internet allowed all sorts of new things to pop up, and now we're in this world of social media. 
I'm sure Bitcoin will allow the same sort of growth. We will have a future that is incredibly uncertain. It allows for people to essentially transfer property rights in an effective way across the internet. Usually you need some referee in the middle to make sure everybody's playing by the rules. But with Bitcoin, you can transfer money to anyone across the globe directly. Again, I will not presume to say I know exactly how this process works. I am not an expert. I'm just a guy who is living in a house. And I heard these machines humming in one of my roommate's rooms. Asked him what it was. He said they were mining cryptocurrency. And that's when it began for me. It wasn't an article. It wasn't some great speaker. It was somebody actually mining Bitcoin, trading Bitcoin, as well as other cryptocurrencies. So it wasn't theory to me. I started using it here and there. I started buying things with it. I bought a few things. Unfortunately, because the radio business sometimes isn't the most secure job, I had money issues. I had to sell my Bitcoin. And it hurts to see that it's gone up so much, but that's not the point. I'm excited for the future and the possibilities this technology can bring. But we will have to make moral sense of this tech. We will have to make sense of its political ramifications. And let's not kid ourselves. I think these ramifications are immense. That's why people like Jamie Dimon and so many others in the established banking industry, so many governments around the world are so nervous. This is why China is reportedly cracking down. They are worried about losing their power. They are worried about losing their power. They are not interested in protecting you. They want to keep to their power. Coming up, we'll be talking to Daniel Krawitz. He's an expert on Bitcoin from the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Without the static, the River Region's most trusted voice. News Talk 93.1 FM WACV.
teeth can keep you from enjoying the life you deserve. At Smile Makers, you have options. Not only do they perform same-day smiles, but they also offer life-changing dental implants. When you're in need of complex dental work, I recommend the doctors at Smile Makers in Montgomery. Folks, experience and technology matter. Give Smile Makers a call today for a free consultation or a second opinion. 334-269-8086. That's 334-269-8086. Online at SmileMakersAL.com. And tell them Dave sent you. Attention truck buyers, it's Ram Power Days at Brubaker Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Prattville and Brubaker Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Montgomery, where every remaining Ram Bighorn Crew Cab truck has been discounted up to $12,000 off MSRP or get 0% APR up to 72 months. That savings so big, they're worth repeating. Every remaining Ram Bighorn Crew Cab truck discounted up to $12,000 off MSRP or get 0% APR up to 72 months. And every credit application gets processed immediately. We have lenders that can get just about anyone approved. Plus, Brubaker wants your trade in any condition, even if you owe thousands more than it's worth during Ram Power Days, where you get discounts up to $12,000 off MSRP or 0% APR financing. And Brubaker Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram of Prattville on Cobbs Ford Road in Prattville. And Brubaker Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram on the Eastern Boulevard in Montgomery or online 24-7 at Brubaker.com. Modified buyers through Chrysler Capital Finance, 1388 monthly per thousand finance, sales plus tax, 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 and all retail dealer. Negative equity may be applied to new loan offers. Don't Oh, man, piece of junk. Claire, what are you fussing about? I've tried to crank this, a piece of junk. Here, try this. Man, what, what brand is this? It's a steel, the number one selling brand in America. Wow, this looks great. We're going to get it. Home Depot, Lowe's? Neither. Huh? You can't buy a steel there, but you can buy one at my store, CTE Outdoor Power on Perry Hill Road. Man, I bet they cost a fortune. Shoot. This month, Larry, I've got all steel equipment on sale. Blowers starting at only $139, grass trimmers for only $129, and the world-famous steel chainsaw starting at only $179. Man, you got to be kidding. That's about what I paid from the home store for this piece of junk. Now, what I do, though, if it breaks. You ship it off, it'll take six weeks. No, look. Some steel components have a lifetime warranty, but if it does break, I got the parts and service departments on site. We support what we sell. And check this out. With our exclusive Advantage plan, we'll extend your warranty, repair it in one week, or provide you with a free loaner. Now, who else does that? Get out of here. From now on, anytime I need anything having to do with lawn equipment, I'm going to come to see you at CTE Outdoor Power on Perry Hill Road. Dreaming of some new denim, dresses, tops, or skirts? Shopping at Goodies comes with all sorts of fun perks. Goodies is having a one-day sale this Friday and Saturday. And with your coupons, you can buy more and save more all weekend. To start, take 30% off purchases under $50 or 40% off your purchase of $50 or more. And if your purchase is $75 or more, you'll get 50% off. Get ready because this buy more, save more one-day sale starts Friday. Goodies. What will new bring out in you? Goodies is part of our Sage family. Offer exclusions apply. Katie, where's your jergens? My lotion? Here in the shower. In the shower? I use wet skin moisturizer from Jergens. It's a lotion that works with water to instantly lock in moisture from my shower. My skin stays soft and luminous all day without a heavy, sticky feel. It's all day moisture made simple. Well, I did always teach you to enjoy the simple things in life. Can I borrow your Jergens wet skin moisturizer? Of course, Mom. Jergens, let your beautiful shine. The Rich Thomas Weather Network, brought to you by AFS Foundation and Waterproofing Specialists. For a free quote, call 1-800-577-2058. AFS Foundation and Waterproofing Specialists. They support everything you love. Rich Thomas Weather. 
Hi, everybody. If you have evening plans, it should be a great evening. Fairly comfortable, not quite as cool as last night. Partly cloudy skies. Overnight low temperature falls to about 67. Tomorrow, partial sunshine. A little bit more humidity creeping in. Can't rule out some random scattered afternoon and evening storms around. High temperature up to about 88. Low tomorrow night, 70. Then upper 80s on Saturday. Rain chances a little bit better. 40% chance in the afternoon and evening. Still, not every town gets wet. And on Sunday, only widely scattered afternoon storms. High around 90. Still feels like summer. Download our weather app. It's free in the App Store. Just search Rich Thomas Weather. From the Blue Water Weather Center, this is Rich Thomas. High Tech Solutions near Walmart on the Atlanta Highway. For computer repair or service on Macs and PCs. Need accessories, parts, sales, or service? See High Tech. Get 10% off and mention this ad. High Tech Solutions. Yeah, it's what they do. The River Region's first and only news talk station on FM. Live, local talk. News Talk 93.1 FM, WACV. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Now it's time for me to bring on my guest, Daniel Kraywitz. Now I want you to know that he's not necessarily an expert in Bitcoin. He's a long-term Bitcoin investor. He's informed on the subject, but it is always a burgeoning very competitive industry. It's a weird world, and uh, I would like to welcome Daniel on now. Daniel, how are you? Uh, thanks very much. And I am an ex- an expert. It's just that if somebody claims to be an expert, that's something you should be suspicious of. You need you need more than that. Yes, <laughs> you sir. need yes. you need to have something that proves that there's somebody you know who is on on your side. That's really what what's important because Bitcoin is is about ninety percent con artists. And uh, it, it's like, like it, well, you know, Bitcoin grows very fast, right? So what that means is most of the people in Bitcoin are sophomores. Right. So it's very easy for, for bad ideas to become widespread. It, it's, just, it's just a crazy, a crazy place. Well, and I can I can testify to what you're saying because I was very sophomoric. I still am in many ways because it for me it was like oh we plug in this box we run the computer this way. I didn't and I tried to learn some of the mechanics behind the basic blockchain technology, but I'm not so inclined. I'm more your artsy fartsy type. So I, I think what yes. you're saying is very very true. It's easy to get uh, the wool pulled over your eyes on this subject. Yeah. So. I mean, if your audience is going to get into Bitcoin, definitely they they should be skeptical of any you know random person saying saying opinions on it. Well, and and, <laughs> and my my the reason that people might want to listen to me is that I bought bitcoins a long time ago, and I haven't I still have them. I haven't been chewed up and spit out by the system. So, okay, but the the only problem with that is uh, you you have to ask yourself are are the things that I'm saying are those the reasons that I survived or are they are are they irrelevant? Right. You know that's that's really that's really the issue. And like yeah, I would like people to listen to everything I say, but that's just that is that is really not 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 good. Uh, that's doing them a disservice. If if 
the best thing I can do for people is just tell them be suspicious of everybody. Well, I'd say you're one voice in this very nascent technology. Uh, yeah. You're trying to learn and, and teach at the same time. Um, and I wanted to have you on because you are working at, you started, I believe, the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute. Yeah, I, I and some friends founded a website called the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute, and our our goal was to sort of keep cypherpunk ideas alive in Bitcoin because at the time there was kind of a kind of a movement to to um, to bury that stuff because it was too too anarchist and controversial, right. and also to bring Austrian economics ideas into Bitcoin, which were sorely lacking at the time. And to me, I would say that when I studied Austrian economics, I never, I thought it was not going to be useful mm. in my life. You know, to me, it was like, I just wanted to understand how the world works. But it was actually by far the most, the most useful thing that I ever studied, because when I, I got into Bitcoin, that, that was something that, that I understood that other people didn't. That's how I ascribe, you know, why why I am where I am today. But that could always be just lying to myself. But but to me, like when I got into Bitcoin, um, my my investment strategy uh, worked a lot a lot better than than most people, which was basically just buy the bitcoins and then take a nap and. <laughs> Try not to get distracted by anything. Well, yes, and I got distracted by playing the game with uh, alternative cryptocurrencies. And, you know, it, it was kind of a rush, but it was just straight up gambling because I, you know, I would double my Bitcoin in one day and then I lost so much. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I yeah. think the one I got, WorldCoin comes to mind. Oh, goodness, what a, it was a mess absolute mess but how would you suggest folks get started if there are these there are folks out there listening and yes we've given them fair warning there are a lot of scam artists out there how would you suggest they get started if they just want to basically understand bitcoin and maybe want to get involved a little bit okay well i mean understanding i, I guess i would say um you know read well look, you know i would uh direct them to the website and look, you know, look, look at the cypherpunk articles and then, and look at some of our, our commentary. And, um, that's a good way to, to understand Bitcoin. But mo most of the, the content there is, is economic and, and theoretical. Okay. So if you want to understand Bitcoin from a technical standpoint, you know, I would suggest read Satoshi's white paper um, and if you don't, if, if that's too advanced for you, you, you should take a, you know, an introductory course on, on cryptography. Um, and they can just but, look up the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute. Yeah, nakamotoinstitute.org. Nakamotoinstitute.org. Okay, and Satoshi Nakamoto, that, by the way, is, it's an unknown person. We still do not know who actually wrote that white paper. Yes, that's right. Um, I mean, presumably somebody knows, right? Uh, but there, no, nobody, nobody has. I mean, some 
nobody has provided sufficient evidence to to make make people think that that they're they're Satoshi. Some people have claimed to be him, but but it, it should be possible to provide unambiguous evidence. Right, and everybody who's came forward and said I'm Satoshi has been proven a fraud. As you said, there are a lot of there are a lot of frauds and fakes out there. I want to try, if we can, in a basic way, to explain the blockchain technology and what we mean when we say it's a distributed ledger. Um, it doesn't. We don't have a bank essentially acting as a third party. If I wanted to send you money, Daniel, um, we could use Bitcoin without having to go through PayPal or any of our banks. We could just do it with the network. How, in a basic way, does this work? Okay, so um, in 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 Bitcoin, let's see. Uh, uh, okay, so the the cypherpunks had the idea for a, a digital money, um, a, a currency that existed only on computers over the internet and was not tied to institutions. So it would be uh, a, a distributed system. And there wasn't any central party controlling it, but no, nobody. There were proposals about how to make such a thing, and I don't, I don't really think they, they were not very uh, fully formed. Okay. And I don't think I don't think any of them would have really worked. But there's like B money by Wei Dai and Bit Gold by um, uh, Nick Zabo and uh, reusable proof of work. By um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. I think it was Hal Finney. Okay. <laughs> look it, look it up because I'm so not there, totally. There are a few predecessors before Satoshi Nakamoto. Right, but uh, well, reusable proof of work was the only one that actually had uh, it was actually built at all. Um, it was like a proof of concept. The other ones were just papers. Okay. So. In um, in digital cash, the the basic problem that needs to be solved is called is the double spending problem. And what this means is, if if I have the right to spend a certain sum of cash, I can make two different messages, and I can say, you know, I send a hundred to you, and I make a different message that says I send. A hundred to somebody else. Okay. Right, and there is no there's no objective way to say which message is the the true message. But but you see they they can conflict with one another. Like if I have a hundred total, I can only spend a hundred once. Otherwise, right. the math doesn't work out. Essentially, you write so, a check to two different people, but you only have a hundred bucks, and you wrote out for two hundred. Exactly. Yeah. So there now, if there is a central institution, then there's no problem because the institution can uh, it can make an arbitrary choice. Okay. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter which one you pick as long as as long as it's all consistent in the end. Well, it doesn't matter to uh, to to the system as a whole. It should, it would matter to whoever was receiving the check. Either either choice would be an acceptable answer. So there needs to be a way of everybody agreeing on a consistent 
history without uh, any party having, um, you know, decision-making privileges. So essentially you need, you need the network as a whole to be able to make arbitrary choices. Okay. And so this, this is everything, everything about the way Bitcoin works is, um, is made to solve that problem. So what Satoshi came up with is, is he said that there are going to be transactions that, that we send out into the network, and they're not um, they're not considered to have really happened yet, but they're 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 proposals, right? And that's that's the memory pool. That's uh, if you if you hear about that in Bitcoin, that's that's what's going on. You send your transaction out into the network, but then eventually it gets mined into a block. Okay. And a block contains the last the last uh, ten minutes of of history, and it's not it's probabilistic. It's not exactly ten minutes, but on average, there's supposed to be a new block every ten minutes, and so, it contains, and that's that's supposed to be the official history of of Bitcoin. When, uh, sorry, what were you going to ask? Well, so a block is essentially Daniel sent money to Joey, Joey sent it to Tony, Tony sent it to Susie, and then there's all sorts of other transactions being sent in, and that a block is just that list of transactions in a given amount of time. Yes. Now, how is right. that secured? So, what Satoshi said is that to produce a block, it, anybody can produce a block, but there is a contest. And the contest is called proof of work. Hmm. And um, the way the way that work works has to do with cryptography, but but basically, uh, are, are you familiar with a hash function at all? I mean, I mean, well, I mean, even if you are, your audience probably isn't. But yes. but the idea of a, a hash function is we can take any any um, any uh, amount any uh, message, so like a a an individual transaction or. The, the block as a whole, any any string of data, and we can generate a a unique uh, identifier string. We, we run a function on the data, and we generate a unique identifier, and um, and uh, it, it's supposed to be very difficult to to generate a a collision. Okay. So if I if if you have a hash and you don't have the data that hash to it and then I give it to you you can trust that I'm well it's not trust you know that I'm giving you the correct data because you know that I couldn't have come up with a collision so there are, it's very unlikely that there are going to be two different sets of data that have the same hash and um, and I I don't have a way of of producing one so you can't counterfeit this it has to be done through the computer working to solve this problem 
And well, that's just that that's just the hash function. So it doesn't it doesn't take much work to produce a hash. Okay. But what does take work is to produce a hash that has constraints hmm. on it. So if we say the first ten digits of the hash function have to be zero, then it that's very unlikely. Okay. The hash is supposed to work like a random number generator. Okay. So that's like saying you have to have 10 coin flips come up heads in a row. So you have to do a lot. And the, the way this works is there's just there's one number in the block called a nonce, mm. and you just kind of change that. You just try new new ones until you finally get a hash that works. So there are rules in Bitcoin that say how how much work you need, and that's basically like what how many how many leading zeros do you need for for you to produce a valid block? There are rules that say what what that is supposed to be, and then uh, anybody can attempt to do the work to produce a block. Um, but once somebody does, once somebody wins the contest then it is in everybody else's interest to continue working off of that block rather than to try to keep arguing, you know, to make, make their own block from before. Okay. And that's what's supposed to happen, but recently Bitcoin did split in half. So it's a rare occurrence, but it, does, it, it has happened uh, once so far. A fork. There was a, a fork, but it, essentially, this process is done around. It, it's not always exactly ten minutes. I've watched it right. work. Uh, where you know, okay, a block is created. Um, the nonce was described to me as almost a, a wax seal. Like you get the correct uh, hash function, and the block is and every and you chain these blocks together. So every ten minutes. And essentially, because we're running out of time, but you build over time this ledger in the history of transactions that are these blocks tied together. Right. So that solves the double spending problem. Okay. Um, that It's a remarkable technology, and I'd imagine this can be applied to more than just uh you know money and i think there are i think i've read something about john mcafee is interested in trying to make this work for other uh, things like record keeping notaries and whatnot uh now uh, yeah the proof of work is a general process you can use it for all all kinds of things um like if if we used it for spam prevention that hmm. would be a lot better because then Google wouldn't have to read all of your emails to figure out what's spam or not. You would just have a, a, a minimum proof of work for emails and just throw everything away that doesn't, doesn't uh, meet it. But, you know, well, heaven forbid we should do something in a rational way. But. <laughs> well, what I would say that people to use Bitcoin, and correct me if I'm wrong, to use Bitcoin just as a everyday investor or consumer, if you maybe want to try to buy things with Bitcoin and own Bitcoin, don't necessarily have to understand this whole process. Uh, no, you, it, to, to, you know, this is something, <laughs> I don't right. even know how to answer this question with people, but sometimes people say like, I just don't get Bitcoin. And to me, I'm like, what's not to get it? I mean, it's just like money, except that there isn't uh 
there isn't a Federal Reserve. What's the... Right. It, it, you just, you have an amount and you can send it to people. What's not to get? Right, and most people who use the Internet don't understand all the underlying protocols. I certainly don't, but I use it yeah. all the time. And so where would you suggest that people want to get started as investors if they want to transfer some of their dollars into Bitcoin? How would you suggest they go about that? Okay, well, the most important thing is learn how to control your own private keys. So, you, if, I mean, if you really want to get Bitcoins right now, you can go to Coinbase, for example, and you can you can buy from them and you can leave your Bitcoins on the exchange for a while. Uh, but that's a very bad practice because eventually all exchanges implode. Hmm. So the, the most important thing is learn how to store your own Bitcoins on your own computer and just just read about it. Read about cold storage. Do a, do a Google search on that um, and learn how to use a, um, a, a, a Bitcoin software, excuse me, such as um, uh, Electrum. Um, but there are many options and I'm not the right person to ask about which is the best option because it was a long time ago that I got into Bitcoin. So that's not really my thing, but those are just examples. But the, the most important thing is learn how to control your own private keys and don't, don't let other people control them. It, it's, it's really like, like in the normal world, it's a bad idea to hold dollars in your mattress. Right. Right. You want to, you have to keep them in a bank, but it's the opposite in Bitcoin. If you keep your Bitcoins in a bank, that's much more dangerous than if you, you metaphorically keep them in your mattress. So that's that's what you need to learn how to do. So essentially, your key, I mean, treat it like your house key. Treat it like a password to very sensitive information or a combination to your safe. And you don't want to keep it on an exchange because we have seen some exchanges like Mt. Gox famously uh, went bust uh, for all sorts of reasons. Too complicated to go into in the short amount of time we have. Um, but... It, also, somebody like Coinbase, anybody could be hacked, and somebody could tap into all these keys. So, if you you know treat your private key, and for folks out there, a, a Bitcoin wallet is really it's just a a software client, uh, and it's like any other piece of software. Visually, it's not that complicated. Um, and I I guess I'll have to bring on some folks to maybe hash out which is no pun intended, which is the best wallet service, those sort of things. Uh, but you would, so you would hesitate from telling folks, you know, go to Coinbase. I mean, maybe if they just want to own some Bitcoin, they can transfer it from Coinbase once they trade their yeah, dollars. Yeah, so it's, right, so, like, if, if you, um, don't, if you don't mind about paying taxes, then just go through Coinbase and then transfer the Bitcoins to your own wallet when you're comfortable with that, and do not postpone the responsibility of you know, developing, um, you know, facility with with the wallet program on your own computer. Uh, but if you if you want to be more secretive, you should go through localbitcoins.com. Okay, localbitcoins.com. That would be you would hook up with somebody locally who has bitcoins who could do a transaction uh, in person. And right. Okay. Uh, very cool. Now. 
I would say that Bitcoin is not yet money in the sense that you know the U.S. dollar is money. Um, yeah. Because it's not the most liquid uh, good in the economy. It's not the medium of exchange yet. But do you think it really has the potential to do this, to become an upset, say, the established order? I know this is a big question, and you have two minutes to answer it. <laughs> um, sure. Well, I mean, I think the question about whether Bitcoin is money is sort of something that people argue a lot about, but it's kind of meaningless. Hmm. It's like... Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, and, you know, I think that Bitcoin has the potential to get a lot bigger. And, you know, it would be, it, it's just, it, it's against people's interests to keep dollars instead of Bitcoin. Like, if, if you wanted to have savings, you just wouldn't use dollars for it. Like, before Bitcoin, you know, you you could have uh, precious metals, or you could try to keep everything in in the stock market. Right. Okay. So, um, whereas bitcoins are very good at being savings, uh, so I think that people will continue to to turn to bitcoin for a while. Well, it came out in '09. It had no market value at all. Then it ended up, I think its first valuation was a tenth of a penny. And it's gone from there to now. I haven't looked at the exchange rate lately, but it's a few thousand dollars for a Bitcoin. I think the first time I ever purchased a Bitcoin, it was $90, or really a, a Bitcoin. I'd, it's. It's interesting to think about the exchange. Like, we always think of everything in terms of dollars because it is still money in many people's minds. But Bitcoin is, I think, the best performing currency of all the, you know, government currencies out there in the past few years. Oh, well, and obviously, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, it, right now, it's um, just below $4,000 a Bitcoin, I think. Okay. And, you know, there's no... Like money, money should be a certain fraction of the total economy because in, investors need to be able to move in and out of their commitments, right? So when you have like a stock, then you're committed because you have to wait for the stock to uh, to go to go 